Welcome to the Faith Mamas Podcast. I'm Dominique. I'm Ryan. And I'm Janice. We're just three mamas who love God. We're not perfect and we mess up a lot. But we have been called to a mighty work, motherhood. We're on this journey with you. Yes, it gets messy. There are days you might cry, but we're here to remind you, you are not alone. We're in this together. Faith Mamas is a place where we can connect, laugh, and even cry together. It's a beautiful community. Motherhood brought us together. Christ holds us together. Welcome to the Faith Mamas Podcast. Hello, Faith Mamas, and welcome to today's podcast episode. We are so glad that you're here. Yes, and we are continuing with our series of Faith in the Storm. We have been digging into some awesome content, talking to some awesome guests, and today we are getting the opportunity to talk to Alicia Briggs. Y'all don't know how excited I am right now. Let me tell you a little bit about Alicia. Number one, if you are not following the Brown Mom Experience, what are you doing with your life? Go follow right now on Instagram, YouTube, just find her. She's amazing. Her story and testimony that we're going to get into today is amazing. And so, Alicia, thank you so much for being here. We are so excited to have you. Thank you for having me. I'm honored to be asked. This is going to be awesome, y'all. All right. Well, before we get started, you know what time it is. Got to throw it over to my sister, Janice, for the Mom Life Roll Call. Oh, yes. Definitely one of our favorite parts of the podcast because the Mom Life Roll Call is the portion of our show where we get to share our stories about motherhood. They may be embarrassing moments, proud moments, why mommy moments. Doesn't matter what the moment is. It's all about mom life, and we absolutely love sharing it on this podcast. So ladies, I have one for you today. I went out into the virtual village. So shout out to these awesome moms in the Faith Mama Virtual Village who share. Look, they put their kids out there. I love it. Um, but they also share special moments, great things. You guys, thanks for sharing. Continue to do so because um, they're just awesome to read. You guys should read through them if you don't do it. There were many out there, but there was this one that made me laugh. There were some really sweet ones, but this was, this was this one that really made me laugh. So I decided to make us laugh a little bit. Since we're talking about the storm, we might as well laugh in the storm too. So here we go. We have Delvana Jones. Delvana shared that her 16-year-old and her 8-year-old tried to hold her down so they could arch her eyebrows. She said, I guess I'm neglecting my self-care. Yo, I read little, that one. I was rolling when I read that one. I was like, wow. <laughs> your 16-year-old and your 8-year-old held you down to arch your eyebrows. Now, first of all, Delvana, no, we're not throwing any shade at you because, girl, mom life is real. But the fact that your children held you down to do it, <laughs> I just had a visual. And I was like, man. Right? First, I'm like, Wow. <laughs> I'm even, a, that's, that's kind of, I don't know, I guess it's kind of cool if your kids decide to take care of you. If they notice that you need some help, that's a blessing because they should just know. Like, Mommy needs help. She needs to have her eyebrows arched. I just had to drop my phone on that one. Mic drop, phone drop. <laughs> Delvana, you're the woman. Yes. I read that you're the woman. Hilarious. That was funny. That, that was, was a good funny. one. I loved it. I loved it. You guys keep sharing. You never know when we will put you out here. We're always looking. Yeah. And you know what, y'all? We have a mom of four on the line, and her name is not Dominique. Her name is Alicia. And I feel like Alicia has a mom life moment. Like, you can't have four kids 
What your oldest one is like five, right, Alicia? Five, four, two. He's about to be three next month. So it'll be five, four, three real soon. But five, four, two, almost three, and then one. Wow. I just fell on the floor. Yeah. I just passed out. My, <laughs> my mouth fell open. <laughs> Everybody yeah. just let that sink in real quick. Just just put those numbers in your head and then fall out. So Alicia, I feel like you have a mom life moment. Like I know you do. A funny um, I do, but when they made the, when you read the story, Janice, about the eyebrows, I was like, ooh, I have an eyebrow story. Oh. It's not even like, <laughs> it's so like, so off topic, but here it goes. When I was in sixth grade, other girls were arching their eyebrows, and I wasn't. I wanted to fit in. So this is why comparison is the thief of joy, right? Mm-hmm. So I call myself being grown as, in sixth grade, and I decided that I was going to arch my own eyebrows. So I went in my mama's bathroom, grabbed her pink little razor from the, the shower, and I went to arch my eyebrows. One side looked halfway decent, so I got confident. Went to the other side and went, whoop, no eyebrows. <laughs> so I was like, well, I can't just have one eyebrow, so I just went ahead and shaved the other eyebrow. So I had no eyebrows. <laughs> and I looked in the mirror, and I looked so blank. I said, oh, my God. I can't go to school like this. So I took a Crayola marker because I'm in sixth grade. <laughs> we didn't have makeup in school. So I took a Crayola magic marker, washable, black, and tried to fill in my own eyebrows. And I would go to PE, it would sweat, and then it would be running. So I'd have to try to reapply my eyebrows. It took forever for them to grow back. I prayed let my eyebrows grow back. I promise I will never shave them again. They grew back. I have. I don't arch my eyebrows. I don't pluck them. I don't squeeze them. I don't take them. My, me and my eyebrows, we we cool where we <laughs> we was cool. I will never have a fully flawless face because my I just am so afraid. Oh my gosh! I have real tears in my eyes. <laughs> that was hysterical. She oh. said Crayola magic marker. She was putting that Crayola marker to work. Oh yeah. <laughs> Well, I think that is a great way to start this whole episode uh, with laughter and joy. It just shows us that no matter what you are going through, no matter what you are walking through, let's make time to laugh. I mean, it might be difficult, but hopefully if you're going through something right now and you're listening to this episode, the idea of Crayola magic marker on your face just sent you into a hysterical laughter with tears streaming down your face, even in the midst of it all. So we're going to jump into digging into this episode. Before we do that, let's hear a quick word from our sponsors. Where are my mompreneurs at? I have to tell you about AMW Marketing and Design. They are a boutique branding, web design, and marketing consulting firm in the D.C. area that specializes in beautiful brands and websites that convert site visitors into clients for female service-based business owners. Book a complimentary brand discovery call today at www.marketwithamw.com. Are you bold about your faith? Well, you have to check out Awake Christian Clothing for trailblazing Christian apparel, including their prayer works, watch and pray designs, and so much more. Order today at www.awakechristianclothing.com. 
Are you ready to study the Bible a little bit more than you did yesterday? Are you ready to dig in with some great tools and resources? Well, make sure you check out the Faith Mamas Power Packs. They are jam-packed with devotionals, reflection questions, all to help you study the Bible. All right, so make sure you check them out at www.faithmamas.org forward slash shop. All right, and we are back. I am so excited to dig in today with Alicia, and y'all, this is going to be amazing. So I'm going to start with this one question, and I'm going to, I'm so interested to see where she goes, because I know her testimony, and I know it's so rich and so thick, and we could literally talk to Alicia all day, every day, and still not scratch the surface, and still be encouraged and inspired with every word. Um, so Alicia, I'm going to throw it to you, and I'm going to ask you to tell us about a time where you walked through a storm, and you had to walk through it with faith. Mm. I just want to like break into like the old spiritual, like, oh man, like, whew. so because my testimony is so emotional to me, I tend to fall on the gift of laughter. So if I throw jokes in, I'm not making light of the situation is to prevent me from crying. So just forewarning you guys there. So storm, I guess we, we could start from my motherhood journey and the reason why I started my business. So I, I got married um, very quickly after meeting my husband. We got pregnant very shortly after meeting each other. Um, and we had our daughter before we were even one year into our marriage and she was born via C-section. And then we very quickly conceived my son, Michael, who was born via C-section because he and his sister were 10 months apart. So it, I was in the hospital with a newborn baby and a 10-month-old at the same time. And when we got pregnant the third time, I wanted to have a V-back. I so desperately wanted to have a V-back that I changed practices at the 30-week mark to a physician that would allow me to have a V-back. V-back means a vaginal birth after cesarean section. And um, the pregnancy was healthy. I was doing good. There was no warning signs. I was a perfect candidate until one morning I woke up with the most burning, searing pain on the right side of my body. I woke up and I just knew something was wrong. So I tried to wake my husband up. I said, babe, something is wrong. And he just kind of said, okay. And he turned over and he went back to sleep just like knocked out cold snoring. And I was just kind of sat there for a second and I prayed to God and I said, God, I have no idea what to do. I'm relying on you. And I felt like he was telling me to go to the hospital. So at three o'clock in the morning, I drove myself from Northern Maryland to Baltimore by myself. Um, and I had no idea what it was. And I kept doubting, is this real pain? Is this something that I need to go to the hospital for? Whenever I would think maybe I should turn around, the pain would get worse. So I proceeded forward. I kind of hobbled into the hospital. I checked in. I spoke to a, a nurse practitioner who did an ultrasound and told me my baby was cute and was going to send me home. And I said, no, I need to speak to a doctor. Like, you cannot send me home. I need to speak to a doctor. Speak to the doctor. After five minutes, she says, Alicia, I'm so sorry, but I think you are experiencing uterine rupture. <laughs> 
and you need to have the baby taken out right now because you're 36 weeks. These are all the risks that could happen to the baby. There could be loss of life to the baby. You could lose your life. You could bleed out and die. Like all of these different things. But at this point, we can't risk not delivering because the risk to not deliver would be greater. So I had a phone with 3% and I contacted my husband who was still asleep at home to get our two older children together to try to come down and to call our family. I then got a phone call with my phone now at 1% from my neighbor who was calling to invite me to some Bible study. And I told her that I wasn't going to be able to make it because we were having an emergency C-section. And she said, well, who's going to keep your older children? And I said, I have no idea. So she said, tell Jaren that I'll bring my two younger kids and I'm on the way. So my phone dies. I have no way to contact anyone, no charger. At this point, my room, and I'm in triage, is full of doctors. People are taking my vitals. People are checking my abdomen. People are taking blood. They're asking me a bunch of questions. It was so many people working on me just to make sure that I wasn't hemorrhaging at one time. It was scary. By the, they were waiting to the very last possible minute for Jaren to get there. By the time he got there, my neighbor got there. They took my two older children, so I didn't even get to say hello or goodbye to them. And then I'm being rushed into the OR. When I got to the OR, they had a nurse anesthetist do my anesthesia. And when she did it, she kept missing the epidural space. So she punctured my spinal cord five different times with five different needles. So it felt like I was literally being shot in my back and like fire was pouring through every nerve ending and fiber in my body to the point where I was visibly crying, screaming, jumping off the table. When they finally got me sedated, it took two doctors to do it. And um, by the time he finally got it and I'm on the table and they're doing the C-section, the doctor tells me, Alicia, you absolutely did have a uterine rupture. I'm so glad that you made it to the hospital. Um, when you did, because had you not gone, you wouldn't have made it. So they take a long time. It took about two hours for them to repair my uterus and to close it back up. And we get to triage and the baby's not breathing properly. So they take him to the NICU. So I'm off my husband goes to the NICU and I'm sitting in triage by myself. I get taken up to my other baby by myself and my first night as a new mom of three, and I remember feeling very alone and sad and just kind of like, God, why did I have to go through this? I would love to say that that was the end of the, the difficult season, but it wasn't. Um, what followed was a long episode that I'm still continuing to fight where I literally had this burning, searing sensation with my brain. It's called in, um, a spinal fluid leak where you have so many punctures in your spinal cord or the epidural space of your spinal cord, that fluid is leaking from your brain and your brain is sitting in a dry socket and it can cause brain swelling. So I had to have a procedure that's called a blood patch and it's kind of barbaric where they put blood in the spine and that literally felt like pouring acid inside of your body and it didn't work. So I ended up with brain swelling. I was admitted to ICU. I'm not even six weeks postpartum. Again, going back to this hospital, I'm having to convince the doctors that something is wrong with me. 
and then they agree after eight hours to do the scan and then they say we can't even treat you we have to take you to another hospital it was a really difficult season and a lot of that experience and things that I went through being in ICU and all that I went through it alone no mom dad my husband was barely there because he had to be home with our children um during that time, he was missing a lot of time from work, which meant we lost a lot of income. And that was the first time he lost his job due to my health. And um, we were afraid we were going to lose our home, but thankfully we didn't. He was able to get new, um, a new job very quickly. With all of that, it sent me into a really bad headspace of depression, feeling like a burden to my family, feeling very lonely, feeling like I wasn't worth anything to anyone um I was very depressed and I honestly thought that my family would be better off with me not present so I tried to commit suicide and um my husband had to call the police department well he called 911 the police department showed up carried me out of my house in handcuffs I was taken to a mental health institution I was there for two days and the entire time I was there, all I did was pray for people. Even in the midst of my own struggle, I saw the struggle of other people and I prayed for them. I talked to them about God. I just talked to people because I saw a lot of people were there because they were hurting and they felt ignored or they felt um, forgotten. We all end up here for our own reasons, but it doesn't make us bad people for ending up here. So when I left the mental health facility, it kind of sparked something in me that, you know, my struggles, things that I've been through, although some of them are definitely rare and unique, the feelings of not being enough or not being desired, not being wanted, not feeling needed, not feeling like you have a place, they're not new feelings. They're feelings that a lot of people have. And so I decided that if God was going to save my life <laughs> in more than one way, then clearly I had my purpose to, to speak in and share not only his love, but just to share that, you know, although you might go through difficult experiences that God has not forgotten about you. In fact, I think the more that I study the Bible, the more I see that it's people that have gone through some of the craziest experiences or have the craziest backstories they end up being the biggest tools for God's kingdom thank you Alicia that testimony was <laughs> I don't know if you could see but I was literally crying um thank you for being so transparent and I know that takes like so much courage to be as transparent as you just were about all of the experiences that you've gone through with your health and birthing your children and your journey through motherhood and you know the, the challenges you continue continuously face so um thank you so much for your transparency um the one thing I uh, one of the things I wanted to ask you um is you know when you said you were admitted into the mental health facility that you just all you could do was like pray for people and you know, you, you weren't really thinking about like your own situation or, you know, how you ended up there, but like, it was more so like God was using you to minister to the other people who were there. Like, how did you find like the strength and the courage to be able to do that? Cause I know if it were me, I'm speaking for myself, 
I probably would just be sitting in there wallowing and like, how did I get here? Like, why am I here? Like, it would be so easy for your mind to just kind of go down a rabbit hole and, you know, woe is me, but that wasn't your response to that situation. So I'm just curious, like, how did you get from, you know, how do you go from acknowledging like your own situation to wanting to be able to like minister to the other people who were there? That is a really good question. I honestly don't know. Like, to be honest, because when they put you in this one room with a camera on you and like this bed that's got like no railing and like (laughs) they put you in this paper outfit, you just kind of strip you of your humanity and they're doing it because it's a safety, but it's kind of like a little inhumane. And I kind of have a lot of, a lot of complaints about the mental health institution in America, but that's a whole nother tangent. But like, all I could see was that these are people. And that's all that I kept hearing God saying is like, these are people. These are my people. These are people, not their illness not what brought them there, not what it was that they went through. I just saw people. You would never know if they weren't wearing these paper outfits that they were not just people. And people go through tough situations sometimes. We're all one bad situation away from being in their shoes, in their place, in their paper scrubs. So, yeah. Alicia, I was literally kind of writing down some things as you were talking. And I was kind of like, I wish I was, I won't send you my notes because it looks weird, but I was just kind of writing and I'm like, I kept writing words that you said, like you felt alone. I kept writing, you felt alone and the loss. And then I wrote the fact that there were things where you were feel from, there were negative words that were said to you. And the whole time I'm following this chain of events and then you stop us at the mental facility that you went to the mental health facility and you say you pray for people and I was like none of that stuff should add up to where she should pray for people because all that you've been through it had been a whole lot and so I first want to say girl you are amazing and you are such a testament to how good God is because to even go through all that and have enough in you to still do that it's just it's awesome so let me get to to my question no I do want to say one more thing too but you do know that though God got and caused these things, he strategically placed you because what you said you saw, he sent the right operative in there to do exactly what he needed to have done. And no one could have done it like you did it. And I, I know you know that because of what you just said to us, but I, I thank him that even in the midst of the ugly stuff, he says, oh no, but guess what? I have someone that I can send. And when I send her, I'm going to show her something. She's going to be obedient and you just I know you set some people free but anyway anyway sorry we're not that's not my question here's my question my question is you mentioned the fact that doctors and people there it seemed like the medical profession is nothing against them we appreciate what they do when I say this because I don't want anyone listening who's in the medical profession to think I'm bashing them we're not doing that we respect what they do but however you were saying there were times in which you knew some things were not right or there were times in which you knew it wasn't enough or you knew that file a complaint what gave you the fight to say you know what I'm not going to succumb to the words they tell me I'm not going to take whatever they're telling me as what it is but I'm gonna push through anyway oh man well it just didn't make sense it didn't make sense what it was I was going through what I was going through was not normal what I was feeling inside my body I wanted so much to just be like okay I just give up but every time I wasn't going to give up something was like keep pushing keep pushing. And I, I honestly believe it was the Holy Spirit 
telling me to keep fighting, to keep pushing, because when it comes to the female body, you are your best advocate. You are the only person that knows what you feel like when you're normal. And when you're not normal, you know how you feel. And I don't care what the test says. If something ain't right, we need to figure it out. There were a lot of days where like driving back home from the hospital, I was in my car crying. Like this, this testimony comes with a lot of tears. Like I shed a lot. I shed a river's worth of tears at least. Maybe not the Nile, but it was a river's worth at least. It's a small river of tears and just, God, why is this going on? And the whole time I, I talk to God so often. I talk to him so often. I swear he's got an answering machine for me because I just, he must be tired of me at this point. I know he's not, but like, I would be tired of me because I used to be like, God, what are you doing? Like, I'm not this strong. You realize that I am not this strong. I am not that type of warrior. That's the wrong type of warrior. I'm really more like the sit in the background, make some cookies, hand out the water, kind of worry. Like, I'm not that kind of, that's not the kind of fight that I got in me. That's not, the, that's not it. But if you want some banana bread, I got you. That's just, that's just me. Like, I, I'm not that strong, but he showed me that I, I'm okay. I'm tougher than I think. Man, you know, I, um, I have one of those questions that I'm just going to ask it. I'm just going to throw it out here. I've talked to a lot of moms in the faith mama community that um, have, are going through chronic um, health conditions and things like that. And they have heard a lot of things from, you know, well-meaning Christians that have just never gone through health stuff. <laughs> have you ever experienced, has anybody well-meaning Christian said something to you and you just wanted to be like, oh my goodness, <laughs> just be like, <laughs> and what was it what did they say because you know we got to know this if you've never been through a chronic health condition sometimes you just got to sit and listen instead of start talking you just got to say okay let me listen so I want to ask um is there anything that's just annoying that people say mm -hmm. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh man we could we could have a whole sermon on that one um <laughs> I just feel like sometimes people say things they say things without knowing and they're saying them with the best of intentions, but it comes off so condescending and so rude and so doubtful. It really does hurt the person that you care about and you're trying to speak life into. I've heard people say that you should not claim mental illness because that's not of God. I never wanted to claim a mental illness, but I also know that it's not normal to have thoughts of trying to throw your baby in a trash can. Like that's not something that's normal. I know that there's chemical imbalances in the brain that happen after you have children. More women deal with postpartum depression that are actually diagnosed, but they're all afraid to get the treatment because one, they don't want to take meds and two, they don't want to be stigma and made to feel like they're a horrible woman because maybe they had difficulty getting pregnant or maybe they had difficulty with their pregnancy, or maybe they just feel like I should be thankful for this situation instead of feeling bad about it. Um, I'm blessed. I have no reason to be sad, but it's, your body goes, you literally have all these buildup of hormones to sustain this child. And then as soon as that placenta goes out, everything drops. Of course, it's going to alter. Your brain is an organ in the body, just like the rest of your body is susceptible of sickness. So is your brain. So that's one statement, the whole, you can't, you shouldn't claim that because that's not of God. And when somebody says, 
you need to believe you're not believing enough it's like no i'm believing i'm believing and i'm i'm praying um somebody told me that i needed to read my word more and i just kind of just looked like okay if you knew how much i read <laughs> it would surprise you you know maybe you're not praying to the right god <laughs> that was said um and i don't the thing about it is that and this is where people got got really messed up god doesn't ever promise that we will not go through difficult times that's never been the guarantee he just promised that if we believe in him that we shall have everlasting life that that is what we are promised we are not promised that oh if you believe in jesus and you say i believe and you declare it with your heart and you repent for all of your sins and anything that's not like him that everything's gonna be easy street you know we're walking on boardwalk when that's not that's not the guarantee people can say some things that are definitely not so kind when you're going through chronic illness and i think the best thing that someone could do if they don't understand what someone is going through is to listen just hear them out and just pray with pray for their healing ask them is there anything that they could do to help and within your capacity like if you ever want to talk say that say hey if i can ever make you dinner then say that you know don't just dismiss what it is that they're going through just because you don't understand it. You never know. By showing just that little bit of kindness instead of trying to minister to someone, because the Bible tells us, you know, not to be a clanging gong, you know, not to be that loud symbol. Don't just say stuff because you feel like God's telling you, you know, to show that kindness. We're supposed to be the extension of Jesus Christ. We're supposed to show kindness and love to everyone and and god was that's what he did as god in the form of man he gave love and showed love to everyone he showed kindness so if we showed more kindness to somebody who might be going through a difficult time instead of trying to check them on their christianity i feel like we as a a a group of faith believers we probably would get a better rep than we already do so good I, I I totally agree with you. And even if you just look at like the life of Jesus and all the people that he encountered, you know, when he was doing healings and performing miracles, like the heart of Jesus, like he led with compassion. That was the first and foremost thing that he, he did when, um, you know, he was interacting with people and, and um, trying to heal and do miracles and do his work here on the earth. Like, compassion I think sometimes is one of those things that we can sometimes lack in the Christian community because it's like you know we're supposed to be so deeply rooted in our faith and your faith should carry you through everything and yes that is true but if we don't do it with any kind of compassion how are we going to be able to you know encourage one another in our faith how are we going to be able to win more souls for the kingdom of heaven how are we going to be able to to be that representative of Jesus Christ if we don't do uh, his work the way that he did it. And he, he always led with compassion. Mm -hmm. I think that's really good. It's it's true. We have to, we have to give love. That is what we're called to do. We're called to love one each other. That's what we need. What the world needs now. (laughs) I thought you were going to finish. I was all ready. (laughs) Yeah, this is so good. And um, the part where you just said, you know, we need to lead with kindness as opposed to trying to check people's Christianity. Man, that thing hits hard. 
It's so true. Um, and I pray that um, anyone that's listening, whether you have gone through a chronic health issue or whether you have dealt with mental health concerns or not, um, I pray that you take the time to listen, especially if you've never gone through anything like this, um, that you take the time to listen. Even if you've gotten to the end of this episode, go back and listen again, because I think we try to skip past the hard part so often, and we try to wait until it's all over and then share. But the fact that, you know, she's sharing while she's in this, like, and it gives us an opportunity to see that what faith looks like in the storm. Like she said, faith looks like in the storm, lots of tears. Like, but the thing is, in the midst of those tears, who did she run to? Like, go back and listen. Like, and hear what faith looks like in the middle of it. It's like, I'm crying tears and I'm running to God. I'm, I'm confused, but I'm asking God. I'm, not, I'm, I'm going to him and asking him all the questions that I have because I still recognize he's my source in the midst of it. That's what faith looks like in the middle of the storm. It looks like screaming and crying and shoving your face in the pillow and saying, God, why? And the reason it looks like that is because you're still talking to God because you still believe him and you still know that he is the one that can get you through this. And I've talked to so many moms that have questioned what you know or have been questioned whether they have faith and let me tell you if you are in the middle of a storm right now and you are crying to god you have faith you have faith don't let anybody tell you you don't even if the tears fill up a river like alicia said you have faith don't let anybody challenge you or make you doubt whether or not you have faith you do and let me be real you probably have more than most I mean, I'm not trying to compare, but I'm just saying, <laughs> I'm just saying, when you can cry out to God, when you can scream and just say, God, why is this happening in the middle of these issues, life-threatening things, but you're still going to him? Let me tell you, that is faith. The woman with the issue of blood, the faith it took for her to press out to Jesus after 12 years of doctors getting it wrong, after being isolated. This woman was isolated, y'all. She couldn't go around the community because she was bleeding. That was considered unclean. So she pressed out. She did something that was considered illegal, first of all. She wasn't even supposed to be there. She pressed out. And some of us today would say she didn't have no faith because, you know, she should have been healed on year one. Uh, uh. <laughs> She pressed out, and I just want us to all listen again and again and again. And if you get oogie about hard times, and if you, you hear people's hard stories and be like, oh, they didn't have faith, well, I want you to listen three times, maybe four, okay? Because this is what faith looks like in the storm. And so, Alicia, we're so thankful that you shared the very real picture of what faith looks like. It looks like tears, like you said. It looks like... It looks like not understanding. It looks like I'm confused, but I'm still asking Jesus. And I'm kind of like, God, I don't think I'm this strong, but yet I'm seeing that I'm stronger than I thought, like in the middle of it. Whew. Y'all, listen five times. I know I said threefold, but just listen again. <laughs> listen, just keep going. Like every day this week, just keep listening. I'm going to listen. I'm, I think I'm going I'm to I'm throw these, uh, these plays up the roof because I'm probably going to listen to this episode like 20 times because it, it'll just help us to understand what faith looks like in the storm and to build compassion for people that are actively walking 
by faith in the midst of the storm. Whew. So Alicia, girl, I know everybody's on the edge of their seat. Like, where can we find you? How can we connect with you? There's people that are like, I've been through it. Maybe not all of that, but some part of it. And I want to connect with this woman. How do they connect with you? All right. Well, I mean, you can come over for dinner now. <laughs> you, could. you absolutely could. I would love to have you. My kids talk a lot. Um, no, I have a website. It's called thebrownmomexperience.com. My Instagram is at thebrownmomexperience. My YouTube channel is youtube.com backsplash, backsplash, oh Lord, backsplash thebrownmomexperience. That's, that's where I'm at. And we will also have the links to all of this goodness in the show notes. So if you are like in your car and you can't stop, it's okay. It's cool. Just check the show notes and all of that goodness will be there. Make sure that you follow her. I follow her. Um, she posts some amazing content. She has some amazing testimony stories and some really practical tools for you to use um, to help you in your everyday mom life. Um, so make sure you go ahead and check her out. Alicia, random question, not so random because it is Faith Moms Podcast. Um, do you happen to have a scripture that you really have stood on during this season of your life of the ups and downs and all over topsy-turviness? Yes, I do. And um, it's quite interesting because I never knew the like name of the scripture, but I used to always say it out loud and then like right before my surgeries, right before they would either put me under or something like that. Um, but it is Psalms 23, verse four. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Y'all, I love how real that faith is. You don't gotta know the scripture verse. I had to look it up right before we started. I, I love it. That That's real. Like, you know how many scriptures I done Googled? Y'all. <laughs> like, I've always wanted to be one of those Christians like could sit in church and when they say, turn your Bible to Corinthians and they flip and go, amen. <laughs> I got it. I got it. <laughs> I was to put on my Bibles just so I can help myself because I be trying. I be trying. I I aspire to be one of those Christians one day with an old lady church hat and like shoulder pads with a mac and neck. Like I really, I really do. But as of today, I got tabs like this is a children's Bible. I love and, it. Yes. Those tabs are cute too. They from Cultivate, right? Yes. Those are cute tabs. I need to get me some. Um, all right. Awesome. This was so amazing. This is so amazing. Okay, Alicia, one last question and then we're out. Can you pray us out? All right. Heavenly Father, thank you for today. Thank you for the Faith Mamas community and to every woman who hears this message. May you bless her. May you comfort her. May you keep her. May you let her know, allow her to know that she is always with you and that you love her and that you will keep her in the midst of any storm. Lord, I ask that you comfort all of these women today and to the host, Lord, I ask that you bless them. Thank you for their willingness to do this so that women like myself can hear things like this to encourage us to keep going, 
to keep serving you, God, to keep being servants in our home, and to keep spreading your love to others. I thank you for this. I thank you for the opportunity to share this testimony. Um, Though the test was not easy, Lord, I know there is sweet victory in declaring victory in your name in the midst of all that has happened. Lord, you were there, you saw, and you knew that this would happen, and I thank you for the ability to share what you have done and continue to do. Lord, I ask that you bless and keep all that hear this message. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.